Hello, church family. This is our conclusion, uh, part four of our study through Nehemiah chapter five. And if you were listening this fall, this whole week, we've been talking about um, how we deal with conflict in the con- with those in our life, whether it's um, with people personally or we see uh, conflict going on in the church. It should be uh, normal and loving for us to confront sin in each other's life because we want what's best for them. And what's best for them is not our own preferences it's not um, or our own standard of things, but because God's glory is at stake. And um, we talked about that yesterday, how when we confront sin, it should always be, um, it, it should ultimately, it should always be because we fear the Lord. Um, and I gave some principles yesterday. It was like a, you know, different things like asking good questions so that they can think it through, uh, talk about how, what repentance look like, and then um, giving them uh, practical ways to think through what uh, what repentance look like in their life. Even at the time, even holding accountability, because he, you know, ch- in chapter five, verse twelve, he brought the priests along with them. Um, and today we're going to talk about character. So on Tuesday we talked about conflict. Yesterday we talked about uh, confrontation. Today we're going to talk about character. Um, so it's interesting that in this narrative he talks, he he confronts the individual. And then um, he, he speaks about this example that's in his own life. Again, this whole book is essentially Nehemiah's um, diary or journal about all the things that's happened. He's, he's kind of writing this down, and um, some of it are obviously just a record for his own keeping, because we'll see that in chapter 7, the, the census again, and then later on uh, towards the end of the book, another list of names. But um, but he he does all this uh, this book that we see is like he gives a little testimony about what he does and we see through this example of godly character verse 14 moreover from the day that i was appointed to be their governor in the land of judah from the 20th year to the 32nd year of king Artaxerxes for 12 years now that i nor my kinsmen have eaten the governor's food allowance again uh, if you remember when i was speaking uh when i was giving kind of like the survey through this chapter um, the king needed uh, a replacement uh, for a cupbearer. So when Nehemiah left, it wasn't like Austin, there was no cupbearers anymore. But rather, he, he left. He left the court, and then he, instead of uh, just letting him go, he reassigns him. He, he basically creates a job description for him, which means he's a governor of, of, uh, of Judah. And again, this is a, a strategic approach because it allows, um, you know, he trusts Nehemiah. He trusts that he can probably govern the people uh, in a way that would be pleasing to the king and also um, good for the people that he oversees. But it says here at the end that he didn't use any of the king's uh, allowance, or food uh, allowance. And that's uh, very interesting because, again, if you look at the totality of the chapter, uh, he spent, uh, he's telling the people that the main chief issue was that is greed. Uh, the people were greedy, so then they, um, they, they uh, charged the poor people, or, or you know, they, they they took the lands from those that are poor, and it shows that he's trying to confront the issue of of, of greed and love of money. And here, here, this is a practical example of him living out what he's teaching them, because he he did not take the allowance that was given to them, because there was a tax on the Jews uh, that we see early on in verse um, verse four. That tax actually goes to fund the governor, which is Nehemiah, and he doesn't want to come off as like, okay, I'm going to confront you on something, and then all of a sudden, now I need you to pay the taxes so that I can get live in my mansion and live luxuriously. No, he said that he did not eat 
uh, any of the food that was supposed to be, that was designated for him. He had the right to do so, but he didn't because he wanted to uh, help them. He didn't. He wanted to live <clears throat> ultimately for God's glory. He wanted to live in a way that was that was honorable and faithful. Um, verse five. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine, besides forty shekels of silver, even their servants domineered the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of the Lord. So he speaks of the, his predecessors, the individuals that had all of these, um, that, that, that gave this heavy tax on the, on, on the Jews, and, um, and even their servants. So I don't, I can't, I'm trying to imagine, like, they were so, they exploited the Jews so hard that even their peasants were making fun of the Jews, because they became wealthy off of it. And, um, but Nehemiah chose not to do that. And he said he didn't do it because he feared the Lord. He wanted to live example. He told people not to be greedy, and he didn't want to be greedy himself. And this is very different from what the tax collectors were like in the New Testament times. New Testament times, these people were greedy individuals. That's why they were hated so much by the Jews. And Nehemiah was not like that. He was someone that, like, that, that uh, was supposed to, what, that could legally collect money and tax from the people, but he didn't want to because he wanted to uh, help them, help the people uh, have less of a load. Now, whatever that looks like, I don't know what, uh, some people argue that maybe he was able to do so because he was independently wealthy, like he was been politician for so long that he probably saved up. Um, I don't know how exactly, but he was able to survive just on whatever, uh, just, uh, he was able to uh, be self-sufficient in all this. Um, but he, yeah, he did not uh, increase any taxes or uh, or ask anything more because he trusted the Lord has either have provided in the past or is providing at the moment. So he doesn't have to go and uh, tax the people. Verse 16, I also applied myself to the work on the, this wall. Again, this shows his integrity. We did not buy any land and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Um, so unlike his predecessor who... Uh, was in the position and just took money and then gloated over where he was at. He was down the front lines working and building and um, reconstructing this wall as well as the servants. With the predecessor servant taunting them, these uh, Nehemiah servants were, were faithful in helping them. Verse 17, moreover, there were at my table 150 Jews and officials beside the, those who came to us from nations that were all around us. So every time when he ate, there was like a huge banquet. Now that which was prepared for each day was six was one ox, six choice sheep. Also, birds were prepared for me, and once in ten days, all sorts of wine were furnished in abundance. Yet for all this, I did not demand the governor's food allowance because the servitude was heavy on this people. So they ate a lot. Every time they ate, it was like a buffet style. Every single time uh, that they had a meal, he had a whole group of Jews with him, and he and he fed them well. And he did not, but he. Even though he fed them well, and it was, it was this, he had all these extravagant meals, he did it out of his own pocket. He didn't do anything to try and make a burden with those that he oversaw. And I think this is even, we see this transferred in the principle of not loving money. Right? Paul, I think the people in Corinth were accusing Paul for that same reason. They thought that he was only doing ministry to get money, and then Paul's like, no, he's not. He was laboring uh, so that um, he wouldn't be a burden to them. Um, we see in First, Second Thessalonians as well that he he worked. He he wanted to do all these things so that um, the church would not feel extra burden having to support him, and that's sh that's a character trait because um, one of the qualifications of eldership is that you cannot be a lover of money. Uh, money tends to cloud your judgment, and Paul even tells Timothy that the love of all the uh, that the love of money 
um, is the root of all evil. It's not that money itself is the root of all evil, but the, the love of money. And even go later on, uh, Paul speaks about how there are those who, because of their love of money, uh, will get them into uh, trouble. And the trouble, the main and chief main trouble is that they are so en enamored with the world and the things of the world that they eventually turn away from the faith. Uh, but Nehemiah here um, lived a honorable life. And again, uh, I've been speaking about this kind of throughout whenever I get a chance to talk about leadership. Um, and if, you know, for us pastors and elders, um, we want you to keep us accountable in the things that we do. Uh, we want to um, live in such a way that, that reflects Scripture, not because, again, to please you, but because we want to have the fear of the Lord. We want God's glory to be made known in the way that we live. And we, we want to be above reproach. And when we ask, I, I ask on behalf of the elder board to just continue to pray for us. Pray that we live godly lives, that we live up to uh, the expectation of Scripture, that we don't compromise in any, in any way, that we live by examples uh, so that you guys can follow the Lord with a tangible example in your life. Uh, so please pray for us regularly, and we appreciate those prayers, because ministry is going to be hard, but yet what's harder for the ministry is those that are in leadership. And Nehemiah here exemplified that leadership of, of not being uh, greedy. He doesn't love money. Um, in fact, at the end, verse 19, he said, Remember me, oh my God, for good, for good according to all that I have done for this people. Um, he didn't want to accept payments from the government because he wants God's payment. He wants his eternal rewards. And Nehemiah is setting an example of obedience is much more important than money. He, again, uh, didn't do, he didn't need to do this, uh, but he did it because he, he, he's willing to sacrifice wealth um, just like the Jews are called to sacrifice. You know, he told the Jews that they all need to uh, be willing to give up so that, uh, um, you know, be generous and, and, and forgive debt so that um, the people can be cared for. And he's willing to uh, follow through in the example through in his way in his life. Uh, the money would have, again, have gone to him, but he chose not to do it. Again, he had the right to do it, but he did not do it. Uh, he watched his own life, and that's something that all of us as leaders or aspiring leaders needs to do. We need to guard our own life, we need to protect our doctrine, guard our, uh, um, our doctrine in our life with the word of God, and we just set the example for our church family. Um, when, we, when we do things when no one is watching, that's called integrity. And when we uh, do things, the good things that aren't, and when people are watching, that's called an example. And integrity plus example equals character. And I hope that who you are in private is exactly who you are in public. This is, again, pray for all of us as leaders that we are exactly that. And those of you that aspire for eldership, may you also are like that, that you're aspiring to live exactly who you are, both in public and as well as in private. That who you are um, when you're walking with the Lord in private is exactly who you are when you walk with the Lord in public. Thanks for listening. And that's uh, the lesson in terms of confrontation. The first is conflict, confrontation, and character. Nehemiah at the end exemplified godly character. In fact, in Galatians 6, it tells us that um, we need to uh, uh, confront sin and those who are uh, weak. Uh, we confront their sin, but we need to watch ourselves as well. And Nehemiah did that. And we can draw from our application. When we confront sin in people's lives, uh, then we need to see the conflict and we confront them, but we also live, need to live and watch our own lives as well. And, and trust that as you continue to do these things, that you will serve the Lord 
that you'll be able to serve the Lord faithfully and, and do ministry in a way that's pleasing to him. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope that this is helpful. Have a good day. Okay.